in because it's time for another episode of Outwatch, a Survivor Rewatch podcast. My name is Alex, your host and guide through our Outwatch adventure where we recap, rewatch, and react to Survivor seasons past. Today is the first of a brand new season here on Outwatch where we will be tackling Survivor's 37th installment, the closest to modern day that we've yet addressed. And that is Survivor David versus Goliath. One of the worst premises they've ever done, but yet one of the better seasons, one of the few on Netflix nowadays. You can catch the entirety of David versus Goliath on Netflix. So, you know, accessibility for this season is at an all-time high. So whether you are watching this season along with us for the first time, whether you're undergoing your own rewatch, or whether you just like to remember and think back upon these good times, I say as Emily and Adam don their will lie for food and Carolina Sand Dunes hat. <laughs> uh, we're glad that you're here with us to kick off this adventure. We were we were non-committal at the end of the last season about what we were doing next. So here's the big news. It's David versus Goliath. Uh, of course, I'm not the only one here. I'm joined by three of my friends who are watching this season for the very first time. So without further ado, it's time you were introduced to the rest of the Outwatch crew, starting with the defending fantasy survivor champion, Scott. Welcome to Outwatch. Hello. So happy to be back. After this long off season of a few weeks, yeah. you know, just great to <laughs> get back to the survivor. Yeah. Yep. Hope I remember how to do this. You know? <laughs> what did you do in your off season to prepare? Yeah, it's a great question. <laughs> um, not a whole lot. I changed some dives. Mm. I, uh, I've perfected the go from cradle into the bassinet. Mm. I've perfected that. Been really working on my my form, my craft, you know. It's important. It's <laughs> important. So, Scott, this, uh, and I'm sure we'll talk about this a lot in our, our inaugural episode here, of the breakdown between the Davids and the Goliaths, and what makes someone a David or a Goliath. Um, I'm not sure the show even knows, but... It, Scott, would you consider yourself... Based on, you know, the the explanation we get here from Jeff, are you more of a David or a Goliath in your life and why? Um, so I think I identify with the Davids more. Of course. Like, I feel like. But at the same, like, I don't know, I just feel like I'm not like. I don't know, I don't know really how to phrase what I'm trying to say. I do know I say that, but then also I realize that like in my life, I've been given a lot of chances that, you know, other people don't necessarily haven't necessarily been given. Like I had definitely had more support than some other people definitely get. And that's allowed me to, you know, progress and, you know, become a, you know, do what I do sure. um, with my career and everything. Um, I've had a lot of help that a lot of other people don't necessarily get. Um, so I probably would probably fall more under a Goliath, but in my mind, I've like I've had to grind and work really hard. Of course, so I've I've I identify as a with the Davids, I guess. So, yeah, the, it's a little bit of both. That was kind of a non-answer. No, the you know the original uh, idea for this season was survivor privileged versus unprivileged, and you know it just didn't stick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so they went David versus Goliath. Honestly, that could be a joke or serious. Yeah, it's it's yeah, a joke. Exactly. <laughs> okay, I was like, I I would believe you with some of the themes we've seen out yeah. of. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's, I would mean, try and, and do that. I think it more encompasses what they were driving at when they pitched yeah. David. Right, yeah. Yeah. At least that's well defined. <laughs> yeah, that's the theme I get from the show. What I watch, <laughs> basically, yeah. 
Yeah, the Matt chat with Allison where they're like, so what's your father do? <laughs> is really yeah. a, really an um, uh, explanation there. Yeah. Uh, Emily, welcome to Outwatch. Thank you for having me. Of course. Uh, would you consider yourself more of a David or a Goliath? And tell us uh, why. First of all, yeah, first of all, I hate this question. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's the worst. I definitely don't understand how they're defining it on this show. That's the point of the and, question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I think if I'm going to try and take anything from Jeff's interesting speech at the beginning, I am probably not as much of a David. I have had a very linear path in my life and I'm very privileged and that is a fact. However, if you put me on an island and I had to deal with the torrential rain that these people dealt with, I would be a David. <laughs> I would be the weakest David on on the tribe. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know. I'll be interested to see if this is like a theme that they don't really carry out through sure. the season. Or if they really try and keep this alive. Like every season of Survivor. Well, I feel like Millennials versus Gen X, they kept it because it was like very clear delineation of age groups. Yeah, but, but then, it was like, well the, defined. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then there was like the, oh, is it Kageyan? It was the pirate one. Oh, Pearl, Pearl Islands. Pearl Islands. <laughs> Pearl Islands, where they were like trying super hard. They were like, here's the challenge. Uh, X marks the spot. <laughs> Arr. Walk and the plank. <laughs> yeah. Land lovers. Yeah. That was the 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 like family the loved one challenge was they had to like walk walk the plank. Yeah. Which is pretty wild. Yeah, it's like how far will we take this? Remember how Dara's favorite meal was cornbread and milk? <laughs> Such a I southern girl. About that, that was my great grandpa's favorite. <laughs> he grew up on a farm. He's a farmer. <laughs> that tracks. Uh, Adam, welcome to Outwatch. So good to be here. Adam, would you consider yourself one of the Goliaths of the coffee roasting business? I mean, not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> At one point, would you would you have considered yourself a Goliath of for our coffee? Listeners, for our listeners, Adam had a coffee roasting business that he decided to close at the end of the year. Yeah. Last year. Uh, um, I, I don't know that I would be a Goliath of the coffee roasting world. Uh, far from it, to be totally honest. But I think in more the, of a Melchizedek uh, or something. In in terms of a survivor, I'm I think I definitely fall into the Goliath thing. I this is this is part of the issue with this uh theme is th the way that we like value success is that it's like it needs to be tied to effort. And like I think it's really easy to think of like David versus Goliath and like these people had to work and these people just had to hand it to them. And I don't think that's what they're getting at. I think it's just like it's a different kind of struggle and work yeah like i i mean i definitely didn't come from an upper class socioeconomic family but like i went to college for free and had a lot of things handed to me in my life so sure. uh, you know definitely gonna fall more in the goliath camp <laughs> another way maybe of like looking at it is like the the underdogs versus the favorites you know mm -hmm. is maybe a less charged way um of kind of laying it out but yeah the the show does <laughs> with the opening conversation does kind of make it like the privileged versus the unprivileged but yeah there you go. with that too i will if if we're looking at underdogs in survivor then yeah i'm 100 percent of david mm -hmm. uh, i know this is an audio format but my limbs are basically spaghetti noodles <laughs> So I don't think people but, would look at me and think, yeah, she's going to kill it out here. But real quick, how many people on this podcast have run a marathon? Only only one, uh, I think. Just, just, just one. Just I one. Did, I did not. That's right. And nope. it's Emily Nelson. <laughs> sure did. So you know what? <laughs> All right. Whatever. Uh, I walked a 5K once. That's almost there. <laughs> That's basically the same. Did you add that same, to your, basically. your Survivor uh, tryout video? Yeah, I should. Sure that? Put it in my bio. 
<laughs> did you answer the question, Alex? I did not. I would say the same things as you primarily, but that if I were cast on this season, I can in no way in hell are they casting me and saying this dude's a Goliath. We're putting him on the Goliath tribe, you know. It's like, <laughs> no, I'm a David. I'm clearly a David. <laughs> if I was on this season of Survivor, um, for similar reasons to Emily, I would have a very hard time in the cold rain. Um, all of the Goliaths are ripped out of their minds, and I am not. I'm not that. I also loved it in this episode how Natalie Cole at one point was like, y'all are thinking like a bunch of Davids. Like it's now, <laughs> it's now a, an insult to yeah. all of Davids. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, what do you say we get this started now by uh, talking through the finer points of the first episode of Survivor David vs. Goliath titled Appearances Are Deceivings. What do you think? We take a trip down to Tree Mail and see what's in store. Let's, Let's do it. Do it. Yes. So, in short, the story of this season is the underdogs versus the favorites. We've got an initial challenge here at the top where the Goliaths pick the players who will be participating and they choose, quote, purple hair and big bang theory. That's Lyrsa and Christian. Um, special shouts to Mike White for plugging the other hit CBS show Big Bang Theory during this opening segment. Uh, and they choose John and Allison on their end of things. But the catch is that the Davids get to set the rules of the challenge. And it's even right until Christian frickin rips the slide puzzle in no time flat and wins shelter making supplies for the Davids at the Goliath tribe. Right off the bat, Kara is Dan's kryptonite. He falls hard for for Kara. At the David camp, Pat takes control of the shelter building, and the others maybe feel bossed around and annoyed at his jokes a little bit. Uh, and his counterpart on the Goliath tribe is Natalie, who is bossy in her own right. Carl starts to build up alliances with Jessica and Davey over with the Davids. Lyrsa and Elizabeth connect, so do Gabby and Christian. Lots of small pockets beginning to form. But back at the Goliath tribe, Mike starts to sketch out the tribe because he's looking for an idol, and Natalie tells him that he was caught. Nick lets us know on the David's tribe that he is here to scheme and plot and name alliances. Um, he's got alliance names for everyone. The Goliaths now all start looking for an idol, but little do we know, Dan finds it before anybody else has a chance to. Kara and Natalia are brought in on that as well. At the David's camp, catch, uh, Davey catches an octopus. That was cool. Um, and then in a, an important scene, Jess and B connect over stories of abuse that they and their families have experienced, which uh, causes Nick to recognize um, a struggle to open up and empathize that he has but then pushes through later that night to talk about his mom and her struggles with addiction, which was a clear hurdle for him to overcome. The weather is stormy and bad, and it isn't letting up at all during these first couple episodes. And now we've got an immunity challenge also for Flint. It's a big obstacle course and a number puzzle. Alec gets way ahead of Carl in the opening part of the challenge. And that lead never goes away as the Goliaths win this one. Back at the David camp, despite Nick's best attempts to ingratiate himself with the group, he looks to really be in a tough spot. The votes seem to be moving against him. But then in a uh, unfortunate twist of fate on the boat ride back to camp, following the immunity challenge, the boat hits some rough seas and Pat gets injured on the boat um, and has to be medevaced. He really messes up his back in such a way that he can't continue. So there's no tribal council and this first episode ends with the medevac of pat kind of out of nowhere um an interesting end and conclusion to this first episode kind of uh 
unexpected. Of course, you can't really foreshadow, you know, a freak accident like this. I'm curious about what y'all thought here of the the opening parts of this season. Scott, what part of this episode is highest on your mind right now? What do you want to talk about first um, of from this episode? Um, I was kind of just interested in just like the differences in the two tribes. Like obviously going in, it's David versus Goliath. You can kind of guess what's what um like the the general theme is going to be um but it is kind of striking like the goliath tribe is generally they're the men are more more athletic appearing yeah (laughs) um you know just like the, the the david tribe is a little less formidable i guess you would say like physically formidable um nerdy is how you would yeah you have been described um so like the differences are stark, but then like once you get into like at the beaches, I thought it was interesting like how the Goliath tribe interacted versus how the David tribe interacted. Mm-hmm. Um, just like the Goliath tribe, more like I got the sense more like bickering, um, especially from like Natalie and other ones, like a little more tension versus the David tribe where it was a little more like teamwork and everything like that. So yeah. I just thought that was really like the stark differences between the two tribes was pretty, mm-hmm. pretty interesting to me. Yeah. You see the David's really like come together a lot more than the Goliaths do. Yeah. It's like the Goliaths feel like they're more in competition with one another than the, the David's might. Emily, what about you? What from this episode um, bears calling out here off the top? I mean, Cat being medevaced was Yeah. Because I remember it was like coming back from a commercial break or something. They were they were coming back from a challenge. And Adam pointed out like they didn't have footage of the actual event because they were on the boat. So it starts with just like images of the boat, like going through the water and then like some images of waves and i was like what's going on and this is such a new season for us that i was like is this what they do now this is so weird (laughs) then they showed i think they just cut right to pat on a stretcher and i was like oh my gosh like what happened it was just that was i wasn't expecting it at all it was very wild i felt really terrified for him because i it was scary had no idea what happened and like he was clearly in pain so that was just yeah that was a twist i was not expecting in this episode Mm -hmm. yeah i was watching this one with jen and And when his whole tribe was just go ahead sorry sorry i (laughs) might my internet may be causing a delay or something which may be why we cut each other off uh I, i was saying i was watching this with jen and like um that scene happened and she was like, did I miss something? Like, was there a clip, like a scene or a sequence that I missed? Um, it's like, nope, it just it just happened. Yeah, it just came out of nowhere. And his whole tribe was just so defeated. It was really sad to watch. Yeah, yeah, they were visibly shook up as, you know, yeah, it's like scary the way he was like convulsing and needed the medical there and scary stuff um what did you did you appreciate the way that despite the circumstances the show you know told that story or or did you feel like let down or like you missed out on something um from from pat's exit um i thought they handled it well i thought you know, cutting those scenes were a bit confusing at first. And then you finally get a sense of what's happening. Then you see him on the stretcher and I was like, what the, and then they had a tribe mate. I don't remember who Gabby, I think she started doing like her confessional and describing what had happened. Mm -hmm. So I thought they handled that. Well, I don't know. It's, it's also always weird, especially like this one where you didn't see what happened. You can tell he's clearly in pain. It's something wrong with his back. Like, I don't know how serious this is. Mm-hmm. It's, I don't know. It's kind of weird. Of like, how, how delicate are we in this situation? Like, can we just get him to help instead yeah. of like having 
the whole because like where was um where was jeff because he was on the beach but like how long did it take for him to get there yeah I'm i'm sure they just like zoomed him out there well, the the best part of Jeff being there is when he's talking about what happened, he, he emphasizes that this is a really normal thing that they do. And so there's kind of this like, this isn't our fault. Like, it, it, this is a like, component yeah. to it. Yeah. It's That's like, right. Je- Jeff, no one was blaming you guys. Like, <laughs> we <laughs> see <the> water. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, and then, you know, for him to have the whole conversation, like, and then what's happening of like so are you saying doctor that he has to get out of the game now it's like yes like get him out of here like, um, this man is clearly in an acute state let's get him out of here yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, they have footage of pat like saying something along the lines of like where am i i don't know where i am like yeah we, we all believe he needs to go mm. like, yeah. there's no more we're we're done here yeah <laughs> Yeah. So, it, so it, Dr. It like Joe. Things, like, I, I under- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I understand that they need to, like, they need to explain to everybody, like, this is sort of, this is what happened in some way. And, like, this is the protocol. And we're carrying out that protocol. So that way it's not quite as scary. But it did feel a little like, it, 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 just, it did feel a little like, yeah, we, can we, are we slowing anything down by doing this? Or is this just like, we're waiting yeah. for the helicopters to show up. So we're doing this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did appreciate the very end of the episode. They had a little, like they had some words at the end that were like, Pat made a full recovery and he's doing okay. Mm-hmm. Cause there have been other injuries where you just kind of have to wait till the next episode to figure out what happened. And I'm really glad they didn't do that with this one. Yeah. <laughs> I did miss it. Did he like, did they say like what he wound up actually doing? Could like back fracture potentially, but yeah, I don't think they ever gave details. Okay. I don't know, Alex, if you know. No, I don't know either. I assumed it's like a, I don't yeah. know, like a slip okay. disc or something like that. But it's yeah, oh, I mean, obviously it's private, but yeah, yeah. Okay, Adam, what about you? What from this episode uh, warrants talking about here from the top? Um, I mean, besides besides the medical evac. Which I think is the worst medevac that we've seen in Survivor. Coming off a season with like four of them, yeah. this is far right. and away the worst one. Yeah, um, like this seemed bad. Uh, the thing that I really just need to talk about is that Mike White is on this season. <laughs> like I clocked this guy in like a passing B-roll shot where they were sweeping across the Goliath's boat. I was like. That guy's famous, and then they came back around. I'm like, he was in School of Rock, and he wrote it, and, like, <laughs> and I was just, I just love that he's here. It's so ridiculous, but like, I love it so much. Are you a big, uh, big Mike White, Ned Schneebly, School of Rock fan? I love School of Rock. Okay, School of Rock like, is a classic. Such a good movie. Nacho Libre is great too, yeah. and like, you wrote both of them. Like, I. He's great. Mike White's hilarious. I'm a big fan of that guy. All right. <laughs> um, this is so, so down the road and not even worth. I'm going to talk about it anyway. After Mike White. So the you know, there's the like post game um, interview circuit. And I, I like was listening to, you know, like Rob has a podcast during the season when it aired. And. Um, this this was around the time when the Emoji Movie came out, and Mike White directed the Emoji Movie, which is notably a pretty critically lauded. Uh, what's the opposite of lauding? Loathed movie. And Rob had mentioned <laughs> it a few times, and in the uh, exit interview with Mike White, he was pissed <laughs> at him. <laughs> For, for making fun of the emoji movie he like basically hung up on him and he's like rob are you a fan of the emoji movie are you a fan of <laughs> so anyway when you say that you're a fan of mike white it makes me think of that <laughs> very very petty <laughs> love it <laughs> okay cool let's go ahead and, and break down some of um the more detailed things here 
in this episode. We talked a little bit before we went online, like the stark difference in, you know, video quality and um, like budget and challenge design from especially going from the jump from Micronesia season 16 to this one going almost 10 years into the future. Adam, do you want to talk a little bit more about that? Like what's jumped out to you as far as like the evolution that we've seen taking this jump? Yeah, I mean, the video quality is significantly better. Obviously, it's been 10 years. But you mentioned that this is the first, potentially the first HDD season, um, which is, I mean, very notable. Uh, In terms of like the challenges that we saw in, in this episode, and then, I mean, we've we've already seen episode two. And so we can talk about it more then, but like usually the beginning challenges because there's so many people that need to come through all of this. There's like something really simple. That's going to funnel people through something. And then, uh, you know, it's just kind of this like semi obstacle course race is usually kind of the first thing that you see. There might be water involved. There might not, there might be a platform. There might not, but it's usually not like, it doesn't look like it would have taken a crew of 20 people to build in, you know, a day. Like this first challenge is huge. Like it's so big and vast and like every element to it needed to be built in some way. And then like all of the, the, the roping and the knotting and all that stuff. It's just like immediately. Well, and even like the, when they get off the boat, that challenge, they set up, they set up like, I guess like, six in total nine elements something like that in total and we're like we're not even going to use like a third of them so they they just had the money to like just throw this away for this like little thing right here um yeah i don't know you just you just immediately see this difference in like challenge quality Mm -hmm. whether the challenges are actually good or not is something we could talk about later but like in terms of how intricate they are you see just this massive change there's also uh something that says david and goliath at like every challenge yeah. so far yeah <laughs> it's like usually and like usually it's like a big thing it's like Except usually Jesus. there's like something that says like survivor whatever micronesia and it's like small and like the symbol and the flag or whatever mm-hmm. or thing. this is like i mean they have a full full-blown mural somewhere that says david and goliath or it's written across the entirety of the sand next to it like like it's huge. They like they're doing so much more this season than any other season mm-hmm. we've seen. Speaking of that initial challenge, one of the probably the most n- noteworthy moment of this is when they get to the slide puzzle and Christian beats it in like thirty seconds. You know, compare that to Tony Vlachos in the final five <laughs> on challenge where he's just going nuts. <laughs> on the slide puzzle for a good half hour (laughs) um scott i want to hear about your um your initial reaction to the david versus goliath breakdown here on that mat and you know the way that this first challenge goes right like the davids get to basically pick the rules of engagement the goliaths get to pick who's doing it and it turns out to work out for the davids in this case mostly because you know Christian Hubicki is wrote graduate level, you know, thesis on slide puzzles. <laughs> <laughs> what are the odds, right? Right. <laughs> no, um, I did appreciate the like, oh, Big Bang Theory and I forget the other purple hair. What did I? Yeah, I didn't appreciate that. So I'm like, I don't know. I'm just, right. I just, I get it. But I don't know. You're already like, when I think of like the Goliaths, I already think of like, okay, these guys are probably assholes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and okay, we're off to a good start there. Um, but I thought it was interesting though, because yeah, like, especially using this premise, like the Goliath, David, like privilege, not privilege joke kind of premise. It's kind of interesting that like, okay, let's flip it. Let's let these guys, the Davids kind of choose the rules of their own, like how they're, how this challenge is going to go basically. I thought it was cool because, yeah, it didn't really matter who wound up doing the challenge. If you give them their ability to do and knock off certain aspects of it, it is, you know, they're going to be having an, having an advantage. So I thought that yeah. was cool. Yeah, I've also noticed like in this, um, the small amount of stuff we've seen so far, there's a lot of these like 
showdown mechanics and challenges where it's like send one person from each tribe to do this thing. And it really creates this interesting, you know, sticking with the David versus Goliath, like mono mono kind of theming. Um, and it, it, yeah, it's a cool like storytelling way to really hone it in, make the challenge tell more of a story than it normally does because it's like this person doing a thing. Yeah, the the explanation here is that the Goliaths often have the visible advantage, the known advantage. You see it when you look at them or you read their resume. But the Davids, they have the invisible advantage that you don't necessarily catch. But in the case of Christian, the invisible advantage was his mastery of slide puzzles. It's an interesting explanation of um, of the theming. It really it was such a good capper to the to the whole intro, really. Like it couldn't have been planned any better. Mm-hmm. Like Jeff loses his mind a little bit too. He's like, Oh my god, I've never yeah. seen someone solve a puzzle so fast. Yeah, I was like, Wow, that's impressive. And then Jeff was like, You don't understand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this was amazing. Yeah. It was- yeah. Yeah, tough to catch all that in in the medium of the TV post edit sometimes. Let's talk about our initial uh, cast assessments here. I'd love for each of you to give me one David and one Goliath that you're interested in. And maybe, you know, try not to repeat people. Think of think of your second and third picks. Anybody got any off the top of their mind they'd like to kick us off with? Uh, who's the who's the cowgirl? Uh, Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Yeah, I'm a big fan of her. Um, so I, I'm. This is like if, if you ask me, like who on David is my favorite person? It's Christian. Like sure. there's not a doubt in my mind that person's amazing. But Elizabeth is a really interesting person to watch. Like the way that she uh, kind of approaches the game. She's gotten herself in with a lot of different people, and she also knows who she's loyal to. Um, which has been interesting. Uh, we'll see how the test comes, you know, when tribal actually happens, but it seems like she's kind of like, yeah, no, like this is my person. And like, I'll say yes to anybody, but like at the end of the day, I'm loyal to that person, which is always a great way to play the game. She's also just, I, I don't know. Like she, she, she works hard. She seems like she's got a good head on her shoulders. I'm really curious to see how well she does mm-hmm. in this game. Because I think she has the potential to do to be underestimated, which will prevent potentially keep her from being a target uh, in the short term. And if she can get the right people around her, go really long into this game. Mm-hmm. Is it weird, Adam? When I was watching this, uh, like with Elizabeth, I'm like, that seems like a player that Adam will pick on his busy team. <laughs> <laughs> like we've been doing this long. We've been doing She's this long right enough that I could, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, Every, everything that I like in a survivor, like yeah. she really is. <laughs> Any Goliaths that caught your eye, Adam? Uh, I mean, I in a positive way, um, or just you know, just the the ones you're interested in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, okay. So, I mean, I love the wrestler. Uh, yes. He was in the challenge that was chosen. Uh, I can't think of his name. John. Um, John. Um, Johnny Lightning, I believe, was one of his nicknames. <laughs> yeah, millions. Millions. He uh, he he seems really interesting. I mean, he he's like a professional wrestler. Uh, said he's doing work in like Mexico at the time of the shooting, something like that. Um, I mean, the guy is jacked. He's clearly like going to be really good in challenges. He seems like a really personal, personable person. Yeah. Um, like he does seem like a lot of fun. And uh, I. He, he's also smart. I mean, he. What did he say? He was talking about his degree mm. in something. I don't remember what it was, yeah. but I mean, like he like he had a degree in something that was like technical. Mm-hmm. Um so, I mean, the guy's not just like a meathead or anything. So, I mean, he understands the like the sort of dynamic of like heroes and villains and being, you know, the the face and the heel. And he's also just like seems like a really smart person. 
in, in general. So I, I can see him doing really well too, even though he's kind of got that challenge beast sure. potential to get marked on him. Emily, what about you? A David and a Goliath. Um, I mean, I really like Christian. I know <laughs> yeah. that's, I know Adam already mentioned him. We already <clears throat> talked about him. But when he first got going, I was like, I'm really worried that people won't understand him. But he seems to be very good at reading people. Mm-hmm. He's very insightful. Like, I don't know. I'll be interested to see his gameplay. Um, the older woman on the Goliath team, is, her name starts with a V. What is it? With a V? The, C- the CEO, the older lady. What's yeah. her name? Natalie? Is it Natalie? Natalie. Uh, yeah, that's, you know. Natalie, you know. <laughs> Valerie. <laughs> I was thinking Valerie or Vanessa. Mm. So that was not close at all. I'm sorry. Natalie, I'm convinced she's a plant. I'm convinced <laughs> she's an animal. <laughs> there is no freaking way that someone can to Survivor and act like they were the CEO of Survivor. <laughs> you have a point, though. <laughs> It really like, <laughs> her behavior was so bizarre. <laughs> like, I think probably me. an person in the real world, but on Survivor, I was like, fake news. This is <laughs> the CEO of Survivor is yeah. so good. Uh-huh. <laughs> the quote scrubs, do you know where you are right now? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Drop a little Natalie Napalm. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm just curious to see what happens for her. Yeah. It's a wild choice for a plant if she is. <laughs> like, honestly, I, know. I love the idea of Survivor trying to think of like plants to put in the show. They're like, how about we put in this woman who doesn't do anything and bosses everyone around? Mm-hmm. How about we so do we'll that? Go through the first episode. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> Scott, well, who, who's on your mind? Um, so I admittedly, I, I think I paid more attention to the David tribe. Um, yeah, I think they were in the spotlight more. Yeah. I think socially, they definitely were. Yeah. Um, but I was really intrigued by Gabby. Mm-hmm. Um, I got some hardcore Hannah energy from like Millennials versus Gen X from Gabby. That's her name, right? Yep. Am I right? Yep. yep. Um, so I'm interested to see how she does because she seems like she has like a good knowledge of Survivor and like a good social game. Um, and I feel like she's going to like team up with the right people. And have a good run at it. So I'm, I'm intrigued by her. Um, as far as the Goliaths, none of them really like. I'll like I'll say none of them really like jumped out at me. Like, um, what do you think I, about like, Dan? Dan was the idol finder oh, who yeah. got a bit of the spotlight. Him and Kara, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's a. I think it's always a bold strategy with the showmances, and. I think it's a good idea, like for an alliance. But yeah, like, and we've seen like episode two, so we'll see how it goes a little bit further. Sure. But like, if he has the potential to get kind of washed up in that and like lose sight of the game, it might be might be bad for him. But I thought it was interesting. Like, yeah, we'll talk. We could talk about that more sure. in a different episode. Sure. But yeah, <laughs> hot cop Dan. Dan kind of got. Um famous a little bit before the the show because he was in like a viral video he's a cop he's like he's in a viral video where he's like wow look at this hot cop and is dan is he a cop or is he not a cop (laughs) (laughs) jeez imagine an all cop season of survivor i don't want to (laughs) is that like the most Common profession for a survivor player, though. Probably, I feel like we've seen like fifteen cops. Probably. Cops or firefighters. I feel like. Yeah, yeah. my my favorite are or bartender. The, I mean, it's probably like an easy. It's probably a super easy thing to like cast a firefighter or a police officer and yeah. be like, well, this is someone that they're going to root for in our post nine eleven world. Like, right. it's just easy. My favorite thing about the police officers, though, are the ones who like like Tony. Sure, I believe he's a cop, but like if I'd seen him on the street, I don't know that I'd think he's a cop. 
like Dan, this guy, he's a cop. Oh, for like, sure. There's like this guy could not go undercover. He's a cop. Like there's nothing about him that like convinces me he's not. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yep. The bartender profession is just really common because because everyone's in LA. But because they cast they cast yeah. people for the show, and they're like, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what about ice cream scoopers, though? Yeah, yeah. represented. That's they how you are. know it's real. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> so the more the more obscure the profession, the more real the person is. Absolutely. <laughs> and we're like, this kid's in college, and maybe he scoops some ice cream in the summer in hell's so, michigan <laughs> and so we're gonna label him as an ice cream not a yeah. student like, the, like yeah. the third thing about him <laughs> yeah he's, he's, he's a cross-country runner a track star yeah, like for his college. his college but he scoops ice cream, ice cream so <laughs> it fits the fits the, the character he was a technically that's for the sure. job <laughs> Uh, I wanted to call out um, a, a quick clip here. It, it was during a confessional where Christian was talking about Pat's kind of abrasive um, tendencies, namely his jokes. There's just a quick little thing. I don't know if you caught this, but he, Pat goes, I'd give my left nut to be 36. And then immediately in the background, you hear Gabby go, oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> That's like how old is Pat? Is he that much older than thirty six? I don't think so. How how old do you have to be for that to be a joke that you would make? I was going to say, old enough to fracture your back in high tide. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's a joke. That was a mean joke. Uh, Pat was 45 at the time of filming. See, that's not even that old, though. Like, I'm yeah. older than 36. Like, 30, I'd be like, yeah, sure. But, like, 36, like, left you're not even losing a decade at that point. Like, <laughs> um, okay, you mentioned John uh, John Morrison. I have the list of his names. Uh, I want to know which of these names is your favorite. I, I certainly have mine, but here, here's all of the names by which John is known on the wrestling circuit. Johnny Blaze, Johnny Spade, Johnny Nitro, John Morrison, Johnny Mundo, Johnny Impact, Johnny Ultra, the Shaman of Sexy, the Monday Night Delight, the Ambassador of Abdominals, the Maharaja of Manliness, the George Bushy of Tushy, the Mayor of Slamtown, Mr. Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> I love him so much. He's so good. He's great he too. He's so fun. Like he's not even he doesn't even sound like I think a lot of people if they were, if they did that, they'd sound so douchey, but yeah. he just sounds fun. He's just having fun with it. Yeah. <laughs> Like he's making fun of himself in a way. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Scott, what's your favorite of his alter egos? Well, there's so many to choose from, right? Yeah. Um, I'm torn between Monday Night Delight and the George Bushy of Tushy. Yeah. <laughs> Monday Night Delight is so vague. Like, what does that mean? Does he only wrestle on Mondays? What if he wrestles on a Wednesday? What about then? Like, we're here on a Wednesday, but you missed him on Monday. That's when he's really like... But like George Bushy Atushi, especially if you're like not if you're wrestling in Mexico, this man is American. <laughs> he's got an ass. <laughs> yeah, George George Bushy of Tushy is it for me. That's that's too good. <laughs> Do you think he wakes up every morning and thanks God that George Bush was our president during 9-11? <laughs> Sheesh. I think Abraham Lincoln is so good. Too. Yeah. <laughs> Emily, do any of these tickle your fancy? I liked the they were he was saying them so quickly that I truly was trying my best to pay attention so I could repeat my favorites back to you. The Monday Night Delight was good. And I also like the ambassador of abdominal. Yeah. <laughs> like what a mouthful. So the Maharaja of manliness. Of manliness. <laughs> that, that's something else. That's the thing. Like, as he's as he's going through the list, you're like, "All right, that one's my favorite." And then he says another one, and you just you're keep, like, and then you forget, and you're like, "Well, that one's good." Like, 
and can't, <laughs> can't forget the mayor of Slamtown. That one's pretty good. Mayor of Slamtown. <laughs> Sister cities with Flavor Town, of course. Yes. <laughs> um, in other news of strange things said, um, Mike White says that he was hoisted by his own petard. Um, just wanted to call that out. That was pretty funny. Yeah. What does that mean? And when did he say that? I remember him saying that and be like a little jarred. <laughs> I think um, it was when they found out that he was looking for the idol. And I believe... Oh, yeah. To be hosted by hoisted by your own petard means like in a mess of your own making. Yeah. Probably some theater thing. Who knows? There's yeah. there's an episode of community that explains that uh back in uh the medieval times when they revolted against the the lords, they would hoist them up by their undergarments known mm. as petards. That's not what it means, but that was the explanation they gave, and it sounds real enough. It does sound like, real. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, let's talk a little bit about the idol find here. There's some fun editing where we see the whole tribe running around on the Goliath side looking for an idol, and then, you know, we find out that Dan has it. Not only does he have it, it's hidden safely. In my pants. <laughs> um... Scott, what'd you think of this this scene here? Um, namely, the kind of non-linear editing we get. It happens every once in a while in Survivor, but not super commonly. Um, yeah, were you I, were you brought in by this? Yeah, I was drawn in. I was like, "Oh my gosh, who's gonna get it?" And they're like, "Oh, Dyke, they already got it." Um, I thought it was clever. Um, I noticed this. I watched. Like the not the current season, but the season before season forty one. Yeah, um, when I watched that one, they did that. They did that quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was interesting. Um, it definitely breaks the monotony, I guess, of like traditional Survivor sure. idol hunt. Sure, we're all running, and then the random guy trips over it, and there it is. But <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I liked it. <laughs> Any other thoughts on on Dan and his spot with the idol here? He does you know, bring along Kara and Natalia for the ride. Um, do you, you foresee Dan finding himself in a power position here on the Goliath's tribe or being just a, an easy target now? I think, and they kind of touched on this, him and Kara are being a little too, like, upfront with their relationship status. Sure. Um, and I think they, like, even I think Kara was the one who was like, we need to kind of tone it down, man. <laughs> and he was like, no, it's fine. <laughs> but people <laughs> began to notice. Um, so I think he might be in trouble for that. But um, as far as the idol goes, it never hurts to have the idol unless you use it wrong, which most people do. Right. But having it's cool. Let's wrap up here by talking about um, the the whole fallout of Pat being medevaced. I wanted to call out too. This is like one of the few times in Survivor where you like see production um, during the chaos of this. Like, I think it's kind of a cool little touch when this happens, where you're reminded, oh, there's like a lot of people out here, and not just the people on the show. Like, there's lots of producers and cameras and stuff. You see people with cameras and lights and booms running around um usually it's the sign that something's not going right (laughs) when you see it but i I find it interesting um what the story we're given here is that nick really dodges a bullet um by pat being medevaced um the story we get is that nick was on the chopping block um adam what do you think about any other fallout from this medevac what do you think about um, yeah, the the effects on Nick um, in in the David tribe in general, with Pat's you know being removed from the game. I mean, I mean, you lose a really strong person in losing Pat. Like Pat, almost single handedly built the shelter. If you believe the editing, um, he the the David tribe doesn't have like a ton of strength compared to the goliath tribe so losing him is i mean that's a big blow uh nick wasn't really doing anything around camp that was kind of the whole thing about nick was uh 
Hey, that, like Pat and I cannot think of his name, but he's uh, he's like a trucker. He's got a cowboy hat Carl. he wears. Carl, um, they were talking and they were like, I, you know, I can't stand him, a man who doesn't work. Um, and, you know, and Nick even makes a joke at one point that's like, I'm really good at looking like I'm doing something. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. which, dude, you're on Survivor. Like, don't, yeah. <laughs> you can't, you can't pull that card on day one. Um, I don't know. I mean, it gives Nick a second chance to try and like actually make it. I don't know if it's good for the tribe on the whole because of the because of who they lost just in terms of, of work and strength that they're losing. Um, I mean, at least he got the shelter built, so there's that. Yeah. But and Nick, like we also talked about, how Nick kind of opened up, um, which was hard for him uh, during the the cyclone, typhoon, whatever it was. Um, so. Potentially, there's sort of a he has a, a, some time to redeem himself here to uh, kind of build up a base. So that way, next time they go to tribal, um, you know, he's not necessarily looking at the chopping block. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the the alliance that he nicknamed here in this first episode was him and Elizabeth are the thoroughbreds because they're both from thoroughbreds. Yeah. I love that he's trying to name all the alliances. Yeah. I, think, yeah. I think that's so clever and like such a good move. You know, we're coming off back to back big alliance nickname seasons going from Black Widow Brigade and Micronesia. Now we've got Nick running around naming alliances. There's yeah. the connecting the connecting thread right there. So got a point. <laughs> um, anything else here from this episode before we call it quits? Get it all. Sick. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of Outwatch. Uh, make sure that you are subscribed to the feed so you don't miss anything going on here. And also check out listener support, which is active in our description if you would like to contribute to the podcast financially. Next time on Outwatch, we will continue with episode two of Survivor David vs. Goliath, titled the chicken has flown the coop. Thank you, and we will see you next time.